Hello to everybody listening. This is Dr. Terry, and this is episode 25 of Chat with Dr. Terry, the podcast. I'm really excited that this is the 25th episode. I've been, you know, podcasting for a a couple of years now, and I don't know what I've been talking about on the previous 24 episodes, but I'm really excited that we're at our 25th. Um, As some of you who've been listening might have noticed, I've slowed down um, the consistency of how often I'm launching these episodes. So as of now, it would be the first Sunday of every month, Um, but I still want to provide valuable information to you all and not just cookie cutter podcast, um, you know, episodes. And so... You know, this is May. Um, This is the first Sunday of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. So first, let me explain the significance of this month. Um, That way people are clear. You know, so the importance of this month being noted um, for mental health awareness is to serve as a reminder that mental health is just as important you know, as physical health and managing our mental wellness is very essential. You know, unfortunately, you can't look at someone and tell that they're dealing with mental illness, unlike you can with most physical illnesses. So as such, you know, this month is designated to shed light on this often overlooked aspect of someone's well-being. So first, what are signs of being mentally well? You know, this is really a loaded concept. And one thing I've, you know, I want to be clear on is that this platform, whether it's, you know, the podcast episodes or information shared on the podcast Instagram page, you know, this should not be used as a substitute for therapy. So as I delve into the signs of mental wellness, it's important to take some inventory of your functioning as well as use the professional mental health support that's available to you to further assess what your specific mental health needs might be. So a resource is in the bio of the Instagram page for the podcast that you can really access, you know, for support. So I won't take too much time to explain the ins and outs of all mental health difficulties, but I do want to provide a simple explanation and, you know, somewhat paint a picture of what some of the signs of mental illness might look like. So mental illnesses are conditions that cause changes in your emotions, in your thinking and or your behaviors, which have a significant impact on your day to day functioning. It could be feeling intense sadness, being withdrawn or isolative from others. It could be experiencing mood swings or increased irritability. You know, this might look like having intense worries or fears, often feeling this sense of overwhelm. It could look like having, you know, thoughts of wanting to harm yourself or more severely fleeting or active thoughts of suicide. It could look like having changes in your appetite and eating habits, experiencing significant weight loss or weight gain, engaging in risky behaviors. You know, some signs of mental health difficulties could be your tendency to abuse substances to suppress or numb difficult emotions. You might exhibit drastic changes in your behavior or personality and maybe just feeling like you're not just yourself, you know, so out of nowhere, you might just feel like you're, you're not yourself. Um, signs of mental illness could also look like, you know, having extreme difficulty with focus and concentration. Now, the list that I just, you know, blurred out is um, a pretty exhaustive list, but it's important to note that this will look and present differently for each person. Some signs might be obvious to you and others, um, and other signs might be more subtle and um, difficult to recognize. They might be easily hidden and further overlooked. You know, when you're thinking about the causes of mental illness, they vary from for person to person. 
all of which are either biological, psychological, or social contributors. So statistics show that one in five adults experience some form of mental illness in a given year. Though mental illness or associated mental health difficulties are treatable, the stigma and accompanied shame of mental illness often causes people to struggle and suffer in silence. So a part of my intention as a clinician, you know, a psychologist with this platform is to further the efforts towards decreasing that stigma. So some of you listening right now might be thinking, you know, that you don't struggle with mental health difficulties or haven't been diagnosed with any specific mental illness. So this episode, you know, might be one that you feel isn't relevant to you. And I'd argue that that's not true. You know, I want people to get exposed to mental health being on a continuum. Whether you've been officially diagnosed with a mental illness or not, everyone deals with some form of mental health difficulty in some capacity. So it's truly as relevant as one's physical health. So I like to think of mental wellness as, you know, on a continuum. You might be someone who deals with severe mental health challenges. You know, maybe you've been diagnosed and are actively being treated via therapy or maybe psychotropic medication, or you might be someone who struggles with, you know, self-defeating thoughts and stress that intensifies to you being overwhelmed and maybe experiencing minor anxiety. Regardless of what the state of your mental health is, understanding what mental wellness might look like, understanding ways in which you can better manage your mental and achieve what it means to be mentally well can be beneficial to your overall functioning. So as this episode is entitled Seven Signs of Mental Wellness, I want to take some time to provide signs and indications that you might be mentally sound and ways in which you can work towards improving your mental wellness. And as always, you know, my aim for this information, for any information that I share is to provide practical ways of talking about mental health, not providing this, you know, cookie cutter Um, form of information that might just sound good, um, but lack application. So I'd urge whoever's listening to take some time and reflect on your personal functioning and maybe just take some inventory of areas in which you can potentially improve. So first, the first sign of mental wellness that I've listed here is understanding the connection between your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. The reality is, though the impulse to react to different emotions we experience seems to come out of nowhere, there are often triggers for emotions we experience, which contribute to our behaviors. So being able to slow down and recognize the connection between a trigger and how it impacts your thoughts and how your thoughts impact your feelings and further how those contribute to behaviors is really indicative of your emotional wellness. I often teach my patients that the goal of therapy isn't to make the difficult feelings go away or even make you numb um, and, you know, just like not experience these tough emotions. You know, the goal is more importantly to teach people how to respond to experience distress versus just react. Recognizing, you know, the connection between your thoughts, feelings and behaviors allows you to take inventory of how you're feeling, see, um, what triggered and got you there and further allow you to slow down your response to the feeling instead of impulsively being reacting reactant. And don't get me wrong. It takes a lot of effort to do this. It's much easier to act on the impulse to make the difficult feeling go away or avoid the feeling or, you know, lash out. 
It takes a great deal of emotional intelligence to truly assess the contributors of a mental state, but learning to practice doing so more and more is indicative of your mental wellness, okay? So the second sign of mental wellness that I listed is a very simple one and something that I'm a big believer in, and I often talk about it, but one that's easily blurred, and that's having healthy boundaries, You know, I like to describe boundaries as a construct that enhances interpersonal relationships. Unfortunately, though, people often struggle to have healthy boundaries. This might be due to lack of boundaries modeled by a parent or your caretaker when you were younger. For some, it could be a lack of self-esteem, you know, which contributes to porous or rigid boundaries. And for some, the concept of boundary setting or what a healthy boundary might look like is just foreign. The reason why, in my opinion, you know, having healthy boundaries is a sign of mental wellness is because it shows your ability to tend to your needs before that of others. Boundaries, whether internal or external, are guidelines for for, for how you allow others to treat you and also how you treat yourself. So a sign of mental wellness can be seen in your ability to identify your boundaries, then be able to assert those boundaries and do so without fear of repercussion. There are different forms of boundaries that I'm unable to get into in this episode, but you can reference a previous episode that I recorded, which is episode nine, you know, for a deeper discussion on the topic of boundaries. So the third sign of being mentally well involves the concept of help, being able to recognize when you need help, being able to ask for help and accepting the help that you receive. The reason I made this a point to include um, is because as a society in general, you know, especially amongst individuals of color, it's easy to have this mentality that you have to do everything on your own. But the danger in this is that it could lead to struggling and further suffering in silence. You know, I find that amongst a lot of individuals I work with as patients clinically or just my friends and my family, my personal life, it's often difficult to ask for help for a plethora of reasons for these individuals. You know, maybe, you know, you have a hard time asking for help because you fear judgment um, by the people that you're asking Um, or just not knowing how people might respond to you or maybe not being, you know, not being helped in the way that you're needing to be helped if you ask for help. Um, You might fear the potential of being disappointed if the person says no to helping you, or it could even be the fear of the help just not being helpful. You know, whatever the reasoning is, the risks of what could potentially happen by not asking and seeking out help far outweigh the risk, the risks that I just listed. You know, when you're open to receive help, it shows that you recognize that your needs are important, right? That your needs are warranted. So that's a true sign of mental wellness. So the third, excuse me, the fourth sign um, of being mentally well that I listed here is being mindful. I often talk about mindfulness. I lead mindfulness practices and promote the benefits of mindfulness. And the reason that your ability to be mindful is a sign of mental wellness is because it shows that you value quieting your mind and recognize that you deserve to take the time to be still amongst all the chaos that you might be experiencing. Mindfulness can be practiced in various ways at various moments of the day, but all it is is your ability to bring your attention and focus into the present moment. 
Oftentimes when we're ruminating about things from the past, our regrets, our failures, etc., it contributes to depressive symptoms and those difficult depressive feelings. And when we're anticipating things um, in the future and maybe creating scenarios in our head and catastrophizing things that have not happened yet, it usually contributes to anxious symptoms. So mindfulness just forces you to resist the tendency to dwell on the past or the future and stay present in the here and now. So your ability to do so shows you... um, it you know really shows that you're allowing yourself to better manage what's in front of you. And you're allowing yourself to show yourself some compassion, some self-compassion for what's outside of your control, right? So being mindful and being present is a true sign of your mental wellness. So the fifth sign of mental wellness um, that I really believe in is experiencing joy and not just being happy, which is temporary. So there's a true difference between joy and happiness. I like to describe joy as within, you know, something that's internal and happiness, you know, as more of a state that's triggered by something external. You know, I encourage people to chase joy within themselves so that external factors um, don't get to dictate and control how you feel. A simple way to assess what might be impacting your internal joy It's just by taking inventory of how you feel in different environments or how you might feel around certain people or in different situations, you know, like social media, for example, and assess these different settings and really think about how they make you feel internally. So your ability to gravitate towards what brings you joy and allowing yourself to fully experience that joy without any guilt, without shame or hesitation is indicative of your mental wellness. Everyone should feel as if they're deserving of joy. So I encourage you to chase it. So the sixth way of, um, you know, assessing a sign of mental wellness is your ability to prioritize your self-care. So for me, self-care is a form of self-love and prioritizing it and recognizing that self-care isn't something that has to be earned, you know, by the amount of work that you get done or something that has to be earned by how much you've accomplished. Um, Having some form of external validation that you're deserving of it, right? But instead, self-care should be seen as more of a priority, Whether it's feeding your body a well-rounded meal or allowing yourself to get rest or asserting your needs, like I mentioned earlier, you know, as it relates to boundaries or even indulging in something pampering like a spa day, you know, self-care can be seen as a part of tending to your needs and your ability to tend to your needs, whatever that might look like, um, is a sign of your mental wellness, so finally, you know, the, the seventh and last sign of your mental wellness that I think is really important is, you know, maintaining healthy relationships. You know, the reason why this to me is very important is because I really want to explain, you know, the mechanism behind how humans work, right? As humans, we thrive off of other people. We weren't created to live in isolation. And oftentimes mental health difficulties, particularly depressive symptoms, intensify um, our urge to be isolative. And, you know, when you're in that state, it might often contribute to your desire to just withdraw from others and not be around other people. For a lot of people who experience depressive symptoms, it might feel really exhausting to have to quote unquote show up for others. 
But though doing so, though isolating might feel safe, it usually is a setup for further distress. So connecting with others and and being open to engaging in these relationships, you know, they show one that you're able to access supports, right? Despite the fear or hesitation that you might experience. And two, it just helps you have exposure to other perspectives outside of your own. It's very easy for us to get trapped in our own thought processes and the way that we see situations. So having exposure to other people helps us shift our perspective. And three, it leaves less room for your mind to make you feel small and as if there isn't anyone there who can support you. And really, you know, when you're in that state of being, you know, left with yourself and stuck in your own head, you might feel like there's no way out of that negative mental space that you might be experiencing. You know, maybe you're someone who doesn't have significant relationships or maybe you've pushed people away so far to where you've damaged those relationships. Right. Or maybe you just have a hard time connecting with people. You know, one thing to note is that there's always room for repair um, and even building these relationships and establishing new relationships, whether that be with a therapist who, you know, ethically should be a safe person that you can connect with. Or it could be establishing a new friendship or new relationship. Simply opening up yourself to the possibility of having connection with others and experiencing the pleasure of that can strengthen your mental wellness. So, you know, throughout this discussion, I just really wanted to to share, you know, my perspective on what it might mean for some of you to create this mental wellness, what that might look like. You know, I wanted to share some signs of mental health difficulties and mental illness for those of you who might be struggling. But I I, I want to urge people to not think of mental health being this uh, very stereotyped cookie cutter way, right? Um, it doesn't have to be that you're someone who walks around laughing and being happy all the time. That's not mental wellness. It doesn't have to be mean that you're always in a great mood, right? It could just mean a lot of what I what I talked about. And I want to encourage people to feel like there's resources out there for you to strengthen your wellness, right? Um, I often talk about psychology today. The reason why I like that resource is because there's different types of therapists with different backgrounds, different insurances, different locations that you can really access. um, And that could be a first step. You know, if everyone, if anyone listening, you know, needs help with finding resources to enhance their mental wellness, you can always send me a message via email or on the podcast Instagram page. You can send me a message there. But, you know, but as always in this month of May, I really want to urge people to use this as an opportunity to strengthen their wellness. Okay, so I hope this was helpful. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting this platform. And I hope that you're well.